Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another yet beautiful edition of Black Voices Friday. So good to have you back. So good you're still supporting. So good you are loving these Black Voices and these Black content creators. And if this is your first time coming to the show, listening to it, if this is your entry point, welcome to it. Go back, listen to the other episodes, check those out, support those shows, and keep coming back. Tell a friend. This is how we spread out all this black excellence around the world. We support it. We let everybody know. And we keep on supporting it. This week is no different. I'm excited about it. First, let me tell you who I am. I'm Jackie's Neal, one half of the host of Culture Kings here on the Earwolf Network. And the curator of this Black Voices Friday project. Before we jump into what this specific episode is going to be, we have a handful of episodes out right now, so I want to take the time one more time to say thank you to the Earwolf Network uh, for continuing to let this project live on Earwolf Presents. Um, I think it's been really good. I want to also thank them for, you know, advertising it all over the place and trying to get you guys to listen to it. Uh, Cody and Renee, uh, the producing team behind the Black Voices Friday uh, project, they are dope. They are helping me out tremendously. They're making this as easy as possible for me. Uh, so I want to give a special shout out to them as well. Uh, so show them some love because they are also very important and bringing this to you on a weekly basis. So much love to all of them. This week's episode is the podcast Drunken Anthropology. Now, I know what you're thinking. Do I really want to hear, you know, drunk people talking about history and anthropology and all that stuff? Ain't that what drunk history is? Ah, ha, ha. First of all, even if drunk history is that, who's to say that you can't still enjoy black content creators do an idea that you may already know. White people have done that since the beginning of time, and we still keep letting them do it and having 50 different iterations of the same thing. So I will say that first. But to go beyond that, that's not what the show is about. Ah, ha, ha. Drunken Anthropology is hosted by Robert Williams, Nicholas Middleton, and Luis Ramirez, and it is a sober and insightful look at the inebriated dialogue people tend to have. Ha! There you go. There you go. There you go. Now, these hosts are really dope. I I I I'm 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 really pull I'm really pulling for them. I'm I'm supporting them hard. I really want you guys to support them and the show uh because, you know, these young black voices or these black voices that don't have the platform that some of us do have are still special. They're still dope and all they need is to be cultivated in the platform. So, uh this show is that for me and I hope you guys will enjoy it on a bi-weekly basis. They attempt to examine a cultural myth through fresh eyes and the media that we consume. Now, over the course of a season, they will explore topics related to success, music, religion, art, history, politics, and more in order to bring you an enlightening dialogue to the many concepts our society has. Sounds good to me. Let's talk about the host real quick. Born and bred in New York, all of them apparently, which I think is dope. 
The guys have always found themselves navigating through the intersections of identity and ideas. Now, Luis is a neuroscientist investigating how the brain constructs visual perception. So definitely probably the most qualified and smartest person to ever hit the earwolf waves. I don't care what these comedians have told you. Uh, Nick is an organizational psychologist and a comic book enthusiast and a long term martial artist. So, again, probably one of the smartest folks to roll through the earwolf waves. And probably somebody that's going to beat that ass if you get out of line. I don't care what these comedians have told you. Uh, and Rob is an inspiring music producer, actor, and sneakerhead. Three really dope dudes. I'm really excited for you guys to enjoy the show. We're going to leave their social media tags uh, all over social media because I don't have them readily in front of me. But please, 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 if you like the show, you got to get online to support them anyway. So come to my page, go to the Earwolf page, click the links, and follow them on social media, the show and the individuals. As always, everybody, support them, keep on supporting us, subscribe to them, tell your friends about both of us, them and this project. Black voices matter, black lives matter. Let's get to the show. Welcome to... So, <laughs> oh God. Okay. So, Yo. welcome, to, welcome to Drunken Anthropology. Um, we are your host. My name is Nick. Uh, my name is Rob. My name is Luis. And we are three guys in New York City that are just trying to make sense of the world as it is. Uh, the reason why it's called Drunken Anthropology is because that is the name of a drink at our favorite bar in the city called Black Crescent. If you're ever in the city, you should check it out. It's amazing, great staff. Um, And we've shared many, many thoughts while consuming these drinks. So we just uh, had the same thought that every other dude has when they're like, hey, we have good conversations, let's get it on mic, and let's hope that other people like it. So that's a little bit about the ethos that we're operating from here. And if anybody else wants to say anything, feel free. No, that was that was beautifully said. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the journey. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Um, yeah, I mean, we. Uh, I mean, j- just for a little background on us, we're all uh, best friends. We met in high school, uh, so we've uh, been uh, in this thing for about a good decade. Good. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, a little over I mean, a decade you, at this point. You and I, Rob, have been. Lo- yeah, I've been, <laughs> been on this adventure a little, little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. We went to me and Louis went to me and Luis went to middle school together, uh, so just a little bit longer. But yeah, we're all close friends, and uh, this is uh, our first time ever doing this. So, well, welcome to our journey. It's gonna be sick. Word. So with that, do we want to start off our first segment? What y'all drinking? What y'all thinking? I'm uh I'm drinking this uh this nice color Stella. Feel me, uh Stella. If you ever cheers. listen to this, yeah, cheers. Sponsor us. We love we love your money. We drink your shit all the time. Uh so um and yeah, I'm thinking um I'm just trying to, you know, day by day keeping my head above water, you feel me? Uh I'm watching T V shows and movies with my roommates the past time, collecting this motherfucking unemployment. Uh, started uh, going on walks and like taking a basketball with me for exercise, so that's been pretty good. Um, trying to read some books. Uh, started reading. Um, oh, I read uh, the Bell Hooks book, uh, All About Love, and now I'm reading um, The Will to Change: Men, Masculinity, and Love. Highly recommend that uh, for all my uh, cishet dudes out there. Um, <clears throat> nice. And um, yeah, yeah, just trying to chill and. You know, get through this crazy ass time. Cool. What about y'all? Uh, Luis, you mind if I go next? Luis, you mind if I go next? Sorry. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Go for it. Uh, so, I am drinking a this number. Man the drink right here. You already <laughs> know. Number 139 Dry Rose Cider. Um, it's a nice, nice calm vibe for my summer. All right. So, So, yeah, it's been the same on my end. Like, you know, I'm trying to do the same thing that everybody else is trying to do. I'm trying to keep my head above water. Uh, I've been playing a lot more video games uh, now that I'm on this unemployment shit. 
Uh, never, never had this much free time in my entire life, so it's been pretty cool. I'm still working on Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Yo, I just beat that shit the other day. I, I cannot. I simply cannot. I'm not good enough. So, <laughs> um, I beat The Last of Us too. I've been listening to new music. Uh, I've, full disclosure, uh, <laughs> uh, the first time we all talked about this, I was reading two books. Now I'm reading a third. So I was reading um, Things Fall Apart. It's a pretty famous Nigerian uh, novel by Chin Chinwa Achibe, I believe. Um, I'm reading Black Against the Empire, which is a comprehensive look at the tactics of the Black Panther Party. And I'm also reading this book called Rage of the Dragons, uh, which is a book that my homie James, uh, my, my brother from another mother, by all accounts, um, he Sorry, sent to James. me. Yeah, he thought it'd be a real good read for me. It's written by a, a black author, um, really Afrocentric fantasy, which is kind of dope as hell. So I've been enjoying those things, and then I'm just trying to, you know, get right, eat right, exercise, stuff like that. Word. Nice, Word. nice. Peace. Well, you know me, I'm drinking Stella as well. Me, Stella and I go way back. <laughs> Big facts. <sighs> Just took another sip. My bad. Anyway. No, I've been doing I've been doing all that. Reading, playing games as well. You know, trying to keep my mental health in check. Um, currently, I'm a PhD student, neuroscience PhD, PhD student at Boston University. Full disclosure, Ooh. views are my own. <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> um, <clears throat> not trying to get kicked out. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, leave my program, at least in academia in general, better than I found it. Um, I do have some tidbits about what's been on my mind. Beyond that, I'm sure y'all share this shit too. But I've been noticing that, you know, in essence, like, with everything going on with COVID and this virus, you know, it really, it really loves two things, like a dense, a dense population and a dense population. Yeah. So. Facts. That's double entendre. Don't ask me how. <laughs> how long it took you to write, to write that joke? <laughs> I, I just thought off the top of my head. Yeah. I'll, 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 come. I'll sit yeah. on the toilet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and we'll, we'll get on, we'll touch upon this other topic. Um, in our second episode or our third in a future episode. Yeah. But I feel like it kind of makes it worse that we live in a culture of make-believe. Um, that might sound offensive to a lot of religious people, but... No, I don't think... I don't any, know. Based on the context of what you're saying, I don't think that anybody was going to take it in a religious way. Um, oh, I'm sorry. But I, I am. I am about to. Oh, okay, That's you know thing. what? Let me finish, and I, you know, let me finish. <laughs> let me let you finish because you might be on some wild shit, and then I gotta pedal back. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not wild. It's not wild. I don't, I don't, I don't want to think it's wild. I just think you know there are people definitely wholeheartedly believe that there's a god, right? Or you know, oh god, are we I, about this already? which, sorry, <laughs> which, which is fine. I respect it. I love, I love thinking about the idea that there's more you know, beyond what we can see, right. right? But that's the point. There's there's a lot that goes in our culture about believing in things we can't see, hear, or feel. And then we have this virus, on the other hand, which arguably we can't see, but we can definitely feel and hear its impact. And yet people are still quick to go to their, you know, summer plans, eating out, going beach. to get-togethers, beach, basically enabling this government's failures. Right. And... You know, I don't, I'm not saying this because I think I'm better than anyone, because I know I shouldn't be talking shit. I ain't shit. But it's just, it's just been frustrating seeing the same people that have been advocating to like take this virus serious, uh, wear masks, and then to take it to another degree, you know, dismantling systemic racism when they're doing the very things that just perpetuate this virus, which we know impact black indigenous and people of color more than they do white people so talk about it. that's 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 what been on my mind sorry i mean not nah, listen i i'm with you fam i'm with you 100 percent. i i'll be i'll be on my ig story every day scrolling i'm just like bro what like it's like 15 of y'all 20 y'all at like somebody crib 
like for July Fourth and shit, and like oh, y'all out, y'all out at this beach, and it's like mad yeah. niggas at the beach. It's not even like y'all spacing out. It's just y'all like tops five, ten feet from each other. Facts. Like, it, 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 it's just like a, it's just like a, and then and then and then you know on you know, on Twitter earlier, I'm seeing fucking Florida's got set a record for fifteen thousand new cases in Wild. one day, which is the re- record for like any state in the country, and it's just like bro. Like it just it makes you, it may it just feels it exacerbates everything. It makes you feel like yeah. there's no end in sight. And yeah. especially, especially frustrating for like people like us who are like genuinely making the effort to not get involved in these kind of these situations and like protect ourselves and our loved ones. So for this shit, people out that we know and like other people we don't know to be wilding and it's just like Yeah. It's why it's so it's maddening. Word. Yeah. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess we can move on to the meat of the episode. Yeah. The cultural myth we're unpacking. Or, I don't know if we can call it a cultural myth, but, you know. It's, a, it's, know. An, it's, an, it's an idea that people, people yeah, perpetuate. Yeah. yeah, 100%. First, before we got into that, I kind of wanted to just, I wanted to just kind of address how this show came to be. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, go for I it. I think that that sets a good precedent uh, for what it is. Um, so originally it began when Rob and I went on a shrooms trip. <laughs> he hates oh the story. It was his first one. It was fine. Uh, yeah, it was I don't, fine. I don't think you tripped. I think you just had a good experience, but I mean, I, no, I was tripping, but oh, I was were, chilling. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I was definitely hallucinating. <laughs> oh, okay. I was not. I, I was I watching, I, oh. I was watching, uh, episodes three and four of the last dance documentary and like Michael Jordan's face was like stretching out. And I was like, oh, shit, that's not supposed to happen. This shit real. Meanwhile, I was just chilling. But uh, essentially, what, our trip ended at like 11 p.m. We came out and we talked outside. We talked in the living room for like two hours. And um, we kind of just spoke about this idea of like what people are willing to do to be successful or to achieve their goals. And it only came about because I was. We were talking about some rumor we had heard about how Beyonce ran through the woods when she was learning how to sing, in order to increase her lung strength. And I don't know if that's true or not. We never really investigated, but it kind of got us into this idea of, well, what are these other ideas that are worth exploring? And I think that that idea of. I said idea four times. I feel so bad about it. But I'm not in the presentation. I'm on a podcast episode, so I don't care. Um, I think that that notion. Go ahead, King. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure, I just got out of grad school. Uh, I My whole like master's is in or, uh, organizational psychology. So a lot of it was presenting, and I hate you know having a formal presence. But anyway, my point being is that that notion that like someone's willing to like push themselves to this brink brought upon this idea of well what are these ideas these tentpoles that define success or define dedication or uh, uh, I don't remember the concise way we put the episode and I should probably get better at that but give us uh, well I think we put it as like uh, extreme uh, extreme uh, choices have to be made in order to achieve success right 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 or like unhealthy habits yeah like unhealthy. That. And it's not necessary that um, it's not necessarily true that running through the woods is unhealthy for you, but I think that we then started talking about what other people like do to achieve their success and the mm-hmm. lengths that they're willing to go. And then we kind of thought that that was an interesting conversation, right, and we right. thought we'd bring it to you guys. Word. Let's see what you think. Word. Word. Hopefully you <laughs> hopefully you enjoy it like we do. Yeah, hopefully. Good. Yeah, I mean we've talked about this shit for hours. So yeah. It's off the cuff. So. Um. Okay. So, does anybody want to start off? Um, I mean, I I, I can't see you guys smiling, so <laughs> you have to say something. <laughs> We're gonna have to edit this out, but no, nah, we can keep that shit in. <laughs> no, we keep this shit in. We keep it real. We ain't perfect. Yeah. First our, episode, our, first our podcast. Time. It's yeah. a process. So. Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, I I really love Rob's. Rob's example, that first example we jump into, um, that, um, what was it, the Will Smith clip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Will, I found this Will Smith clip, uh, this interview he did with Tavis Smiley, like, years ago. 
uh, and he's having this conversation, trying to convey to Tavis like how determined he is and like why that is what makes him successful. He's like going on the speech about you know, you might be prettier than me, you might be more talented, you might be you know uh, smarter than me, but you know if it comes down to it, like I will not be at work. He's like, you know, uh, if we get on a treadmill, me and you get on a treadmill, either you're gonna get off first. I'm going to die on the treadmill because I want it that bad. Like I'm willing to die to get success. Um, and I always thought that shit was wild. Because, I'm shaking my head right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, just hearing that sounds crazy. Like, yo, word, like yeah, that's, that's a little, intense. that's a little, that's, that's intense. Um, but then I realized, um, you know, like years ago, I used to like go on like YouTube and watch these like motivational videos. And I would like, you know, there's be like these different YouTube channels who will put together these, uh, um, you know, uh, like videos of like different clips from like movies or songs or whatever to like just motivate you. Um, and there's another, uh, in another, there's a, this movie called, um, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen, I haven't yet, but I know it's like a classic quote unquote, um, called Any Given Sunday. Um, and Al Pacino is in the movie, he's giving a speech to his football team about uh this this idea of like inches like life is like a game of inches and like on the football field you know it's a game of inches too so it's like if you want to be able to succeed you got to want to get that inch at the better than the next person otherwise you know you just won't get it um he tries to convey to his team that like you know you're he says like you know if you're a, a step too fast you don't catch the ball you're not you're not in in the game you like might miss something and you end up losing um so uh, it's just I would see these things and like eat these videos and be like, wow, like I would think like myself, like, damn, am I like working hard enough? At the time, I had like these wildly unrealistic like hoop dreams, um, which is a story for a different day. Um, I mean, we can talk and, about it today. Yeah, well, uh, we can unpack yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 if you yeah. want to talk about why. I mean, you know, I've I'm a, I've always been a big fan of basketball. I've always loved basketball. Like I I grew up in a family who's like all my cousins, uh, you know, or into basketball. So we've had like there was a ton of competition going on when like me and a few of my cousins lived together as kids. Um, and you know, uh, when I was in high school, like at the time we were getting like closer to like graduating, I was trying to think about things I wanted to do with my life and like what I thought would be fun, what I cared about, and like basketball is something I really enjoyed. I really you know, had had I taken it seriously from like early on and like tried to make it a thing, you know, it would have been something that might have happened. But like at the time, I like tried to like get into it. I was already like seventeen, never had actually played on a team, was still wildly out of shape. So like the idea that I was gonna like go to this gym and like practice by myself and then like go to school and try to like walk onto some team was just not well, happening. I want to be clear, it was possible. And I, I, mean, I want to say that as someone that Rob said did not support his dream at the time. He made a very big deal about it. He, ups, he was upset with me and another friend of ours. Um, it, I can corroborate this. <laughs> um, it was possible. It's just that, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you didn't have the, the drive. Like, and, it, and that's not bad. It's just that like if you don't have a drive for something, you can't do it. And then yeah. sometimes that drive can lead you to unhealthy places, but it's at least a good igniting fire for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was coming from like a, a, it was coming from like an earnest place. Like I genuinely wanted to succeed at, I just didn't have the means to like get me to that point on my own at that age. Like, you know, going from like some regular ass high school kid to being like some superior athlete in like a league full of superior athletes is just insane. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was so I would watch those videos trying to get inspiration before going to like practice at this local gym by my house and would see these things and I would think to myself like damn like I don't, I ain't never had that kind of mindset like you know that's that's different and then I would feel bad because I'm like well like I'm trying to get myself to that point mentally but like I just I don't even I can't even like it it doesn't seem healthy to me but like I would think like well Will Smith is like super accomplished and like yeah you know, I hear people talk like this in, in other arenas. I'll be like, those people have done things. So I'm like, maybe it's true. Like, maybe I just got to stop fucking slacking. Yeah. And I, I feel like you'll you'll even see that in, like, it's not even those those motivational speeches either. Like, you'll see that in a lot of self-help books. Yeah. Where it'll be like, you know, you just need the energy and determination. And, you know, you need to be intentional about every single thing you do. Yeah. Stop at every so moment. No yeah. one's going to feel bad for you. 
Yeah. That, I mean, that reminded me of uh, this uh, other like motivational coach on YouTube who's like OD aggressive. I think his name is uh, Eric Thomas. He's just like every every time he's talking to like a crowd of people or whoever he works with, he's like, "You gotta you gotta want it better than you want to sleep. You gotta you gotta eat the dream. You gotta dream the dream. You gotta sleep the dream." Yeah, remember that shit from SpongeBob where it's like, "You gotta be the marble." Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be the marble. <laughs> you gotta lick the marble. You gotta love the marble. <laughs> oh shit! I'm sorry. Um, That's how you gotta treat success. Yeah, man. You don't want it bad enough, you won't get it. And, and in general, I do think that to accomplish anything, you do have to have a certain level of drive and determination. I don't think it's complete BS, but I think stretching it to the point where you're saying, you know, you got to do these unhealthy things like lose a lot of sleep and you know cut right. people out of your life. Right. Because you know you gotta you gotta make all these sacrifices, and of course I do think you gotta make some sort of sacrifices to achieve success. That's not BS, but to to the point that it gets to the point that it gets aggressive, and it's like yeah, you have yeah. to you have to make sure that your sacrifices don't consume you. Like yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, um, like when you're cutting people out of your life, you have to make sure that you're not doing it to the point where like you no longer have any support system in case anything happens. Um, right, right, right. You know, right, right. just because somebody, uh, just because your acting coach told you it would be a good idea or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think when we talked about this before, I spoke about the whole insomnia thing um, and how <laughs> how I know firsthand that you need sleep. <laughs> um, I, I struggle with insomnia. Um for quite some time since uh for longer than lewis and robert have known me uh but for definitely the entirety of our friendship when we used to hang out late at night uh if i would crash at lewis's place i would go to sleep at three and wake up at 6 a.m like uh, no matter what i always wake up at 6 a.m that is my true north that's my 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 north pole (laughs) um so when i was in grad school and I was working full time and I was just doing like these like 20 hour days because I'm getting up at 5 a.m. going to sleep at like 1 a.m. Uh, I realized that it was having this huge uh, effect on me psychologically. And even though I was in great shape and I was achieving all my goals, it necessarily was it wasn't the best for me mentally. And these things begin to take a toll of, on you over time. So even when it's one of those things where you think that it might not be a problem and it you actually think it might be helpful sometimes it'll consume you mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i'm sorry i put that as succinctly as i possibly could i did smoke no nah, that was beautiful no nah, yeah that was great yeah, 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 nah, yeah, nah, yeah. no no issues at all yeah, yeah you ain't tripping but i also want to be honest like um i do think that i do find like uh people who have those that kind of drive and determination to achieve whatever it is they're after i do find it expiring to some some extent just because yeah. you know a lot of times those people that have those things have have gone on to achieve great things um and in particular i know as like a, a young black people like growing up in america um our chances at success aren't as great as someone who's white so the need to like get to whatever it is we want to get to and making sure that we're like hitting these benchmarks on the way is super important because you know it's not as easy as someone who is white um and which will lead me into the segue of uh snowfall which on this podcast let me just say we stand snowfall if you don't fuck you i don't know know what you're doing here (laughs) yeah yeah. someone calls him boo that show is trash (laughs) (laughs) nigga you trash shut up (laughs) but on the show uh you know the main character franklin is his kid uh, obviously, growing up in Compton, he becomes this uh, drug dealer, with, like which eventually becomes the kingpin. Wait, why are you uh, spoiling the show? I mean, I'm not really spoiling it. Like, it's uh, hey, they don't know he's gonna become a kingpin. It was too late now. Yeah, yeah fuck it. Um, if you ain't watched the shit at this point, that shit came out like three years ago. You slacking? That's but, not that long to sit on a TV show to watch. There's I mean, been the whole Trump administration, so. Hey. Yeah, that's true. It's been a long ass four years. <laughs> uh. Anyway, on that show, like you know, he's going through these series of obstacles, trying to make it, 
Um, you know, he's he work. His mom works this uh, these two dead end jobs. Is getting treated like trash by her white boss, and you know, he's not the greatest student in school, but wants to be able to do something with his life. And no, he was Franklin. Franklin was mad smart. Was he? In school? Yeah, yeah. That's what everybody said. He was supposed oh. to go to college. He just couldn't afford it. Oh, okay. See, yeah. well, um, which is a reality for many people. Yeah, yeah. Pass. I mean, it'd be it like that, you know. Um, and you know, watching the show over the years, I just always admired his need to just go out and get it and to like push himself to the point where if he didn't have what he needed, he'd, he'd find a person who did and achieve that. Um, and I think growing right. up as a, a black person in America, um, you know, I've oftentimes felt like, you know, my chances to succeed at whatever I'm trying to do are super limited. So, you know, whatever it is I'm trying to do, I need to get on it. I need to like be focused. I need to be making progress. I need to have something tangible so like I can, you know, feel like I'm getting towards I'm what I want to get to and achieving right. it because my opportunities to like get that whatever whatever no matter what it is I'm doing are small. Um right. so I really respect like, you know, Franklin or any person in real life who um is is like uh is going for it and really trying to get it. You know, now that now that we're talking about snowfall, it kind of hold on, hold it on, kind of made me realize <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Shout out, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to the big homie, uh, Dempson Idris. Uh, oh, facts. Franklin. <laughs> yeah, facts. I, Body I've never back. seen a greater actor before. or so, No, it's a lie. But, like, you are a great actor. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're elite. Me. Word, elite. word. Um, what was I getting at? I mean, I'm fine with either. We, we can unpack that in another episode. But, um, but uh, where was I going with this? Oh, Snowfall. Okay. So, I think... I think Snowfall does a really good job at, when it comes to success, it really gets at the distinction between desire and craving and how the two can snowball to being, you know, when you have craving, I feel like desire and craving can be, you know, there's a lot of overlap, but craving, I think, is this very, that has more of a negative connotation for me. Because craving is kind of like, you know, you have an idea in your head of something and you're imagining it as better than it actually is. While desire is, I think of it more closer to like intention. You can have good intentions and you can have, you know, good desires for yourself. But craving is more like, you know, you're more you're more obsessed with the outcome than you are with the actual, you know, journey yeah of becoming successful or you know achieving your goals if that makes sense i i I agree um i feel like craving is very reminiscent of like longing kind of like you know how Mm -hmm. like there are those people who kind of are like i've been thinking about this person for like 10 years and and i i would love to i was just on reddit earlier so uh not on reddit but i saw a reddit post but um, where people are, like, desiring somebody for, like, way too long. And it's, like, now it's just kind of unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what craving feels like to me. So I get your distinction. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I agree the show does that, like, definitely uh, walks that walks that road really well. Um, yeah, because there's definitely times in the show where, like, you know, uh, once Franklin is, like, really achieving success, he's, like, going out of his way to, like, stamp, you know, his dominance in the city. And uh, he's taking certain risks. Or if somebody on his team is taking certain risks, yeah. um, you know. But he's very, of, uh, he's a very intentional person. Like, he's very calculated. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He has a specific way of going about things. And people on, on his squad don't always have that. Uh, yeah. I.e. Kev. Or uh, Leon. <laughs> Leon, yeah. So, uh. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um, yeah, I'm sure, like, uh, y'all feel the same in terms of, like, um, you know, wanting to make your mark and, like, using every bit of the opportunity that you get to, uh, you know, move forward towards your Word. goals and shit as, as, yeah. black, as black people in America. Well, so. it's, the same, it's the same thing I always say. Like, the problem lies within when people start getting mad greedy. Like, mm-hmm. that's when mistakes start getting made. That's when people start getting screwed over, and that's when, like, shit starts happening so like you know i think that there's nothing wrong with desire but once it's kind of overextended itself you have to know when to rein it back in and and know when to dial the shit back you know yeah Yeah. facts 
Great points. Great points. Um, um no, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead, King. No, I, I was just gonna say I was trying to. You were just filling space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't have any more points, but I know you guys had a lot of stuff you wanted to mention. Um, we I don't remember what were the other. What were the other? Unhealthy habits. Oh, yeah, unhealthy the, habits. No, the unhealthy habits. So we had the lack of sleep. You have kind of this idea of this over this this craving or like this like over just des- overextending desire. You have like this kind of this idea that you need to remove people, and I feel like that goes hand in hand with. Um, I feel like whenever you see people talk about others in the context of success, it's kind of always like a transactional thing. Which kind of puts a value on people, and it 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 ob- objectifies them. Right. So I don't know. I I feel like there's something inherently kind of messed up about this this system we have, where you kind of have to just weigh the pros and pros and cons of working with someone or or helping someone. And so you're I, you're thinking of like you're looking at people as assets, yeah, and looking at your relationship with them in that way, right? Oh, okay, okay, I guess. And so, then so, so. when that leads you to start cutting people off, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of fucked up because you're not considering these people as more than just what is their function for me, right? Um, mm-hmm. And when your success is built upon that, you're inherently kind of fucked, you know, because you don't you don't have a way to connect with people. So it'll kind of all come crumbling down at some point, hopefully. Not hopefully, like I would never wish downfall on anybody, but we kind of have been seeing these last couple of years what happens when you just let successful, quote-unquote, successful people run around unabated. And I'm not saying that they're not successful, but what I am saying is that... Um, how do I phrase this? I'm not saying that they're not successful. I'm just saying that we shouldn't be holding them to this crazy regard that we're holding just right. because someone's good at painting or making a song or playing a game or doing any type of physical activity or whatever sport you want to pick, that doesn't make them an authority on anything else. And it doesn't, it doesn't inherently make their views less on any other topic, but it also doesn't you know, make them an authority on anything else. And I think that that perspective is kind of what people need to take more into effect when they start picking who these people are that they, inclu- one, include in their lives – cut out of their lives but also like idolize mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i was just about to throw that word in there yeah hmm. yeah, yeah i think uh that uh yeah the idea that of like idolatry is like uh for a lot of people serves as like a source of motivation but uh for a lot of these a lot of different people you know their story they're like the factors in their story aren't the same so comparing yourself to someone who's had different opportunity that they're at their disposal um who's talking like yeah you got to do this and that and the third to be successful when you when you didn't have those like you know those upper hands from jump um can oftentimes lead into this like negative uh mindset of like well this person's done all these extra things to succeed and they've worked this hard and i'm working this hard but i don't have what they have um and like well why is that and you know then you start feeling you know bad about yourself because you're like well I'm doing all these things I, I think are important that, that should get me what I want, but it's not happening because, uh, you know, everyone's story and path is different. I think there's bits and pieces you can take from a person who's achieved success that inspires you, but it's not something that you're supposed to, like, attach to yourself and make your own. Like, your path is your path, um, right. and how you get to that point of success is how you get there. But as long as you're trying to keep that healthy mindset of, uh, you know, consistency and, like, determination and passion behind what you're doing you should achieve it hopefully yeah yeah and i think that that ties nicely back to what we were talking about in the in the beginning about stuff that's on our minds and how a lot of the stuff that's on our minds is exacerbated by social media Mm -hmm. so we have like idolization being exacerbated and the comparisons of ourselves and where we are in our lives to other people and where they are in their lives and I know every time, every time we've talked about like success and whether or not we feel successful, 
I know, Nick, you've brought up the idea of, of you know, luck. Because luck definitely plays a huge That's role. Or not even mm. necessarily, because some people don't like the term luck, but I do want to necessarily clarify it as circumstance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is where and when you are in time has a tremendous effect on the success of what you're doing. Like, yeah. there's, I mean, there's no way that Amazon could have existed before the internet boom. So, sure, yeah. Like, right. it, he had to have, I mean, and, and I guess it's one of those things where it's like, it is inevitable that, like, somebody will come up with that idea. But, like, you yeah. had to. Yeah, exactly. I bet. Had I, to I, I would. I. I would seriously be doubtful if he was the first person to ever right. think of something like Amazon, but he was lucky enough to be born with, you know, with well, the privilege yeah, to have parents <laughs> that had had the money to, you know, when that shit was about to go bankrupt, you know, and to fund his out. dream. Yeah. Right. So. And it's like how many other people had that same exact idea, but just did not have the resources to execute it? How many, right. like how many people, and even it's like when you think about how society is built, like, you have to wheedle out the event. And it's like the more you look at these barriers, like race, gender, uh, sexuality, you like start to look at all the individuals that. Oh, sorry. When I start speaking too fast, uh, sometimes I get tongue tied. Uh, you start to look at all these individuals that could have possibly have succeeded in the same area, but like because they existed in this specific time and they did not happen to be a certain demographic, they did not mm-hmm. get into the room to get that even initial meeting. Mm hmm. You know, so like and it's and it's so wild whenever you think about that, like whenever you whenever you think about any um, position that you get, like it's that's I don't know. That's just so crazy. Like to think about of all the people that could have applied and all the people that didn't get it for whatever bullshit reason existed. Like you got it very nicely into um, this feeling of imposter syndrome and. I mean, I know y'all feel this too, but I hear this too often in academia too, where, you know, people like me, they think of those things and think of the history that, you know, basically makes today, today, you start to think, you know, do I even deserve to be here? Was I just like a diversity applicant? Am I just here to meet some quota or am I actually qualified to be here? And, you know, does my voice matter for the most part yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so 100% shit's, shit's crazy um I mean yeah I think that that's a really oh I'm sorry no go ahead go ahead, go ahead. no no I've been saying a lot <laughs> well no I was just gonna say I, I'm gonna speak about my personal experience of like uh, someone who's like uh trying to get into acting now and like really trying to get into music um yeah i was about uh, to ask how do y'all deal with imposter syndrome um i mean i i i don't have anything like tangible to show for like the things i want to do yet so it's kind of difficult for me because i will like watch my favorite actors or watch my favorite like musicians do their thing and i'm like damn i'm so i'm so far from like where they are and then i would think about the other people who want to do the same thing i'm trying to do and I'm like, well, shit. What makes me so fucking special? Like, I, I think my ideas are cool. I, I, you know, I, I genuinely care about music and like uh, acting. I, I, you know, uh, the making of like music and like watching a, a movie or a, a TV and like the story behind it coming together. I think is a magical thing. I think storytelling really is at its core and really everything and is a magical process, whether it be like academia or sports or music or whatever. But. You know, I would oftentimes think to myself, like, damn, like, like, what should I even be doing this? Should I even be entertaining this? Like, all these people try to want to do the same thing, and they might be better than me. And, like, like you know, I don't want to make a fool out of myself. And, you know, and in terms of, like, music and acting, you really got to put yourself out there mm-hmm. uh, to get judged in order to achieve that success. So, you know, um, this idea of, like, yeah, it, this, and, you know, being an imposter is, like, super on the, front, the forefront of my mind at all times. It's, it's always a battle. I'm always trying to like just push past it and just uh, create and do it for the love and see where it, where it can take me. Because um, I do want to achieve that success. I do genuinely really, really, really care about it. So um, I've just got to, for me, it's just like a constant, like a battle of trying to, to get past that. 
not letting it consume me. Right. Um, for me, uh, it, I don't know. It's it's one of those cliche things where it's like, it kind of is the thing that drives me. So sometimes I think about the fact that I I guess I never really experienced it in academia because I went to City College in Harlem. Shout out, go Beavers. Um, is that the is that? <laughs> Oh, I'm weak. I no, I loved I love City College, man. I had some great times there. And then I went and and City College super super diverse. Uh like literally in the most uh like real sense. Like I, I had classes. I started off as a biomedical engineering student and I ended up in a neuropsychology position, graduating position or whatever. Just degree. I ended up with a neuropsychology degree. Anyway, um I I didn't really experience in academia because then my grad school was uh, Brooklyn College, very black, uh, very Hispanic. That was you know it was cool. But at my work, um, I've only ever worked with the most non-understanding people on earth. I remember my last supervisor told me that um, that I was lucky that I didn't live in Ecuador, which is where she was from. Because the police in Ecuador don't even help you unless you pay them. And I tried to explain to her that, yeah, America's set up like that too, but it's just, you know, like class. Like they actually just won't go to bad neighborhoods or they'll like act. And I was wrong in her eyes or whatever. So um, it kind of sucked. Stuff like that would happen all the time. So I don't know. I just kind of dealt with it by just trying to prove them wrong. So like, I don't know. I can't, you know, I couldn't prove racism to her police racism but i could prove that i was good at my job even though she didn't think i would be uh even though sometimes uh, you know there were oftentimes she didn't think i was capable of it despite having proved myself um it was a very complicated relationship um it existed and then i guess the other thing that happens to me all the time is i i'm a martial artist i've been doing martial arts for 10 years uh, 11 years about um and you know i'm a black man doing an asian art taught by an old school Asian teacher who, you know, uh, casually spews racist shit sometimes. And I mean, that in and of itself is kind of a struggle, but you know, if if they don't think you can do it, that's the drive that you use to do it. If you think I'm too stupid to understand something, I'll show you that I can do more than that. If you think I'm too weak or too undisciplined to get something, I'll show you that I can get it. So that's kind of how I deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely something that's extremely prevalent and you have to fight against it every night because like like there are days where it's just like you just think to yourself you know am I really enough am I doing enough like why why am I even here you know and it's I don't know it depends I guess it depends on how critical you are of yourself but me I am personally very 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 critical of myself <laughs> same so, Same. Yeah. So I it, think it that is. that really runs through our whole. I feel like our whole friend group. Oh, yeah. 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 That's um, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I've always had that. Even in like school, like I like if I did bad on like an assignment or something I thought I had under control and I like messed up, I'd be like so mad at myself that I made a mistake that was like easily avoidable. Word. Um, right. So like, so I know Myers like, is getting a whooping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mom gonna be like, Yo, what, the, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I remember one time. I remember one time I came home and I had like a, a ninety seven or some shit on a test, and my dad was like, Oh, they didn't have any extra credit. I'm weak. Man. Yeah. I mean, y'all. Know. <laughs> y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, I've dealt with the same shit. Yeah. Same shit. Um. Yeah. So like, growing growing up and just being. Um, you know, being raised to like try to do your best all the time, and like wanting to do your best for yourself has created yeah. that like super critical sense, of, yeah. like of everything I do. Like, so you know, in terms of like what I want to do as my life, it's like damn, like I'm always I'm always on my own back about um what it is I can like do to progress. I know specifically during this quarantine, um, you know, I really wanted to like um like well like while i was in quarantine like in april i was like going hard with trying to like learn and make beats and my homie was teaching me stuff because he has been producing for like a long time and he's like od nice and um you know then like george floyd got killed and ahmaud arbery um you know the news about ahmaud arbery started coming out and we learned about brianna taylor and 
those things just kind of weighed me down in the sense I just didn't have the energy to do anything that required too much of me. So I spend like a lot of my time just like watching TV and movies because there's a lot of stuff I want to catch up on. I love watching stuff. Um, but then in the back of my head every day, I'd be like, damn, like you, I look at my, like, uh, my beat keyboard and I'd be like, you ain't open that box. I still haven't opened the box. Like since I moved in the end of April and I'm just like, man, I gotta like shake this. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. I don't have time to waste like everybody else. I don't even know if I get a chance to do what I really want. So I really gotta like be on, like, I really gotta be at it all the time, which, uh, kind of how it's kind of how, like I started why I started like going to exercising because I realized being in the house all day was like zapping my emotional energy to do anything because I was just in the same space all the time. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, uh, it's just, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm just reiterating what we've all been saying, but yeah, it's just an ongoing, constant battle of like. That uh, that reminds me of this one point one of my friends made. Um. So in light of like all these things going on, particularly you know the Black Lives Matter going on um it's kind of been reinvigorating kind of the diversity equity and inclusion efforts in academia and on a a friend of mine made a good point about related to this whole imposter syndrome bit where sometimes you'll hear this argument from the other side about how you know actually we have it easier because there's all these opportunities for us and affirmative action and blah 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 Right. But (laughs) that's not necessarily the case because, you know, black people are excellent. I'm going to finish my point. Um, Like black people are excellent. Right. And it's not like the criteria is any lower for us to apply to these things and be judged. Right. Where there's if anything, there's more competition because there's less of us. But where what I'm trying to connect is you see a lot of administration and I'm gonna leave it at that. You see a lot of administration trying to, you know, asking, okay, what can we do? And what, what, like we've been, we've been crying and saying what to do for decades. Right. So you're telling me you have like, you know, how dense do you have to be to even ask those things, you know? And why I want to connect that into, to imposter syndrome is kind of like, well, you start seeing how things are being handled in this country and like what a lot of white people are saying in terms of how to move forward with COVID or not even acknowledging COVID. And it's like, shit, like if y'all are saying this in these spaces, then, you know, why do, why do I have to think any less of myself? Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Like, you know, you have people in leadership roles that, exist in spaces that you fight you know tooth and nail if i'm i don't know if i'm saying that right <laughs> no yeah you are but yeah. you, you know you're fighting to exist in these spaces and yet the leaders don't even know how to move forward it just i feel like you know one way to flip that whole imposter syndrome is like damn you know me alone i know i could do better yeah with that specific question so maybe maybe i do deserve to be here yeah right so yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with that definitely. I know, uh, at least from like a for me like from like a music standpoint, seeing certain artists who like succeed who do like the bare minimum, and I know it's more than just like being talented. It's like obviously promotion and like personality that like gets you that success. But you know, seeing people who like half-ass it and like don't really care about it, achieve things would be like yeah it's like a it, you, it's it's just a way of like uh i guess for us like motivating ourselves it's like uh well shit if someone like that could do it like and they don't even care as much as i do i could definitely like make a difference and like my voice definitely matters and i definitely got some shit to give to to the world that like might make uh you know a, a certain person feel something so mm-hmm. um i yeah i definitely agree like i know like what you're the arena you're speaking is obviously a lot more important but um, I, I totally yeah, see how you... That's arguable. Yeah, all arenas are important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was also speaking to, like, a broader, you know, the, the leaders we see in government. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it doesn't even have to be just academia. So, because we can, we can go on a whole, a whole season's worth of episodes on government. <laughs> that has... But let's not, let's not do that in the last eight minutes we got for the that episode. Has. 
Oh, we should, probably, we, we should probably start moving on to. I just want final. to. I just want to say one last thing. Uh, yeah, go for it. Go yeah, for it. two seconds. Um, based on uh, going back to what you were saying on affirmative action and stuff, like I think that that's such a wild idea because it's never been a, a matter of what you know; it's a matter of who you know. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like the gatekeepers are the people who determine who gets in, and if the gatekeepers are like, yeah, it's everyone from Harvard everyone from an Ivy League. It's like, yeah, all right, well, how many people who get into an Ivy League are people of color who are legacies? Because, like, the legacy pool is the one that these people are mainly pulling from. So when you look at, you know, Harvard's admissions or whatever, I don't know. I I don't want to get into that too deeply because I'll start rambling. But I just want to say that, you know, the whole affirmative action shit is bullshit because it's about networking. And white people love to hire people that, you know, remind them of themselves and they're more than likely they're more likely to see themselves in some you know plucky young you know white-faced blonde-haired man than they are in some you know guatemalan woman or some east indian man so you know always remember that sorry yeah. No, nah, don't no. Nah, nah. nah, nah, I mean, nah, to yeah, be yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Facts, facts, yeah. 100%. I was like, let's finish this up. Facts. Yeah, yeah, 100% facts. That empathy is really only extended to their own kind. They don't really see themselves in us and our stories and our past. So, yeah, 100% facts. All right. Well, it's a perfect way to go into our final segment where we share some sort of quote, text, or anything really that relates to the topic and something we want to leave the listeners with um do you want to start off rob um yeah sure uh i know uh, recently i watched um two documentaries on um espn one was the bruce lee documentary be water um not you know for me not knowing uh, really anything about his like personal life and his story and his journey and the integrity and honor um and the passion that he used he moved with in his career as like a as a fighter and as a movie star, um, I think a lot of people can take and like internalize in terms of you know whatever path they're on to success, um, you know, especially for like people of color um, who have like an extra set of obstacles to face. You know, uh, I think uh, moving forward with that passion and letting that motivate you and the honor and integrity you have for what you do and why you do it is a great way to stay focused and stay in a healthy mindset when you're on that journey because you're going to get across those obstacles that are going to get in your way but if you honor you you work from that same place of love um i think it's inevitable that you get there at some point um and uh and then the other is um the last dance documenting about michael jordan and the bulls um i enjoyed it purely just from like a basketball standpoint and being a, a huge fan of basketball and like learning about michael's life and that of his teammates um but obviously, Michael being so wildly successful um, and the drive and determination and the mindset that a lot of people idolize, um, I think in a certain, a certain sense, you can take a piece of that because um, to achieve anything, you need a, need a drive. You need a determination. You need a reason why. It needs to matter to you. It needs to be important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, watching him, like, growing up over the years, I always felt that. Um, that it really made a difference to him. He really cared about what he was doing. Um, I don't think you have to be as harsh as he was about it as times, but to move with that sort of de- drive and determination to achieve what you want um, and have it like make a difference, I think is special. Word. So I think that connects two. pretty good with... Um, what were you going to say? Finish it. No, I was just going to say, yeah, if you're interested, check those two documentaries on ESPN. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend a book that kind of definitely connects to what you're saying, called uh, Buddha's Brain, um, The Practical Neuroscience of Happiness, Love, and Wisdom by Rick Hansen. And this book is more of a toolbox that has like the latest neuroscience and psychology um, and meditation guides that'll help you find happiness, love, and wisdom. Because I know you mentioned love. Yeah. You definitely, you definitely got to, you want to love what you do for the most part. And in general, happiness, love, and wisdom, I think, are intimately tied with success. Or at least, you know, what you define as success and whether or not you feel successful. So Word. I highly recommend this book. You, called it, you said it's called Buddha's Brain? 
Yeah, Buddha's brain, the practical neuroscience of happiness, love, and wisdom. It kind of walks you through, you know, general neuroscience, psychology, but it's not so comprehensive to the point where it's kind of goes over your head, you know. Okay. Is it very digestible? Yeah, very digestible. Nick? All right, cool. Um, I think that the thing I want to recommend was the book, Thank Thank You for Arguing by Jay Heinrich. If I'm not mistaken, and it's essentially just how to craft logical arguments, and I think that when you're having this discussion of love, that you also have to have the mindset of logic and making sure that when you're having these conversations with people that they're rooted in something real, mm. and that you're not hurting or harming people, and that you're trying to achieve this success in like a real meaningful, real way. But then I also was sitting here thinking um, about that song... Remember the Name by Fort Minor, uh, mm. which is led by the lead singer of Lincoln Park. But uh, that's super about success and about the things you have to sacrifice or the, the, the portions of whatever it is to achieve your goal. So that's a good workout song if you guys want to add <laughs> it to your play- <laughs> playlist. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking about, I'm sorry, I, w- I was just like, I'm thinking about so much. I was thinking about uh, that book, Bud Not Buddy. Have you all ever read that? That sounds familiar. No, it sounds familiar, though. Yeah, it yeah. should. It's this book. It, it came out when we were kids, but uh, it's this book about this kid who's trying to find his dad based on, like, a flyer from, like, a jazz band or something. Do we read this shit in high school? I, I read this shit in elementary school, bro. Um, uh. it, it was... It's a black protagonist, but, like, his mother passes away, and he's trying to find his father, who he believes is a jazz musician in, I think, Louisiana. So... The whole thing is about his his journey through the like childcare system because he's in an you know he's in an orphanage or whatever and they sent to live in foster care, and then also like trying to make it through America to get to where he needs to be, and I think that that's a great example of extremely unhealthy sacrifices that people make in order to be successful. So, if you that, that. really want a light weekend read. <laughs> a light Sunday read. Go check out Bud Not Buddy, a book I read when I was fucking ten years old. That <laughs> 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 yeah. shit. I might check that shit out myself. It's really good. I mean, like um, it's an, like I said. Don't expect you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. But it's good. It's, it's, a, children, it's a children's book. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You but, probably uh, have read it before. I think if you saw the cover, you'd probably recognize it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds it sounds familiar as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're approaching the hour mark, or we're about to be over an hour. I don't know, but know. this has been fun. Word, fun, yeah. First one in the books. Word. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed listening to us. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing this. Um, we're gonna try to have another join up soon. Um, so yeah, thank you for starting this journey with us. We appreciate it. Word. Thank you very much. If you ever want to reach out to us, you can find me on Twitter. I had to change my handle recently because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I was about to say. I was like, why did you change it? And then I was like, oh, yeah. 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 Fucking yeah. boy, yeah. So my, my, <laughs> my, handle, my handle used to be. A, yeah. I mean, my handle used to be Adobo225. And I know I know Adobo is like a general, you know. Um, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Make your own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. Fun. It's not just the seasoning. Um, but from goya but that's that's why i put my handle adobo so i was like i changed the shit so now <laughs> my handle is 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 uh luis dr on twitter with two u's um but yeah oh you're not gonna do the instagram handle? oh i mean if y'all want to follow me on no, instagram no, 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 too it's up to, it's up to you it's, uh, uh, man- mango mango underscore gobbler because <laughs> mango's my favorite fruit <laughs> you gotta explain it. It's obvious. Mango's yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> uh, if you want to find me uh, on Twitter, IG, my Twitter and IG are both RSWIVTH. Hit me up if you want to talk about the episode. Any suggestions you have for us? If you want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter <laughs> handle is BLV, BLVK Panther, no E. It's very frustrating. I'm trying to get the other one because my Instagram handle is BLVK Panther Regular, like 
just with an E. With an E. So I'm trying to figure that out, but um, stay tuned. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah. I guess with that, we'll see yeah. y'all next episode. <laughs> yeah. We're... Peace. Peace. that it's the call of the crave and when the crave calls you know what to do try the five dollar bacon bundle because the only thing better than a white castle slider is a white castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon so pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider 1921 bacon cheese slider or chicken bacon ranch slider and also get a small fry for just five dollars with the five dollar bacon bundle white castle follow your crave when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.